0: Welcome everyone, this is Michael Blue and you've connected to the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals, the podcast, but we are cultivating makers and shapers of culture. Prepare for a riveting time in the principles and practices of the King and of His Kingdom. You are about to be charged, challenged, and changed. I know you're ready, let's go we're going to uh pray and we're going to begin now the phone number as you see to the left of your screen has my uh uh or rather' my name and then has the fkp phone number um I asked in the um morning session, earlier morning session, that if there were someone for whom this particular series has been beneficial in terms of what you're working on, in terms of your assignment um, that you would share uh, with us uh, briefly. And uh, we, we had a taker this morning many times Uh, Because this is a Monday during the workday, many times people are not able to speak freely because they are in the midst of their professional context and uh, that does not give them the liberty to converse by phone. But but I enjoy every opportunity that I have to hear from you in this context. All right. We are worshipers. We are praisers. Uh, and all of that, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about professions and we're talking about how kingdom of God principles and kingdom of God practices work and enable us to work effectively in what some call the work, uh, the marketplace. Um, I like to use the term workspace, same thing. And so I use marketplace too, of course. Um, so if there is that person who'd like to um, uh, just give a brief comment concerning um, how the principles of the kingdom of God are working as you work in the workspace because, ah, boy, I, I get upset and I don't mean angry. I just get really stirred when I contemplate the fact that for so long, there continues to be this major dichotomy in people's minds between the work of God and the work of man. And in their mind, man and man's work Monday through Saturday, God's work on Sunday. Of course, if you're a Sabbath keeper, the day, the seventh day Sabbath keeper, then man's work is, Sunday through Friday, and then God's work Saturday. That's simply not true. The Bible says that before God rested on the seventh day, he worked all week long. So how is it now that God only works on the seventh day or the Sabbath day or Sunday, when when he invented days of the week, he worked all week? No, God's business is business. All forms, what goes on on Wall Street, what goes on on Madison Avenue, what goes on on your main street, what goes on in your courthouse, what goes on in your hospital, what goes on in your educational systems, any and all of that that is pure and honorable is the work of God. Any of that. All of that is the work of God. He doesn't just work on Sunday or on Sabbath. He works all week long. And the Bible said he rested on the Sabbath. All business. That's right, Sister Long. God's business is business. And all business is God's business. But do you know it is challenging? Because you see, You can listen to me say that or state that, and in the moment, yeah, that's right, that's right. But it takes time to shift and reshape and recalibrate our mindset. See, it's possible to have a thought that is contrary to your mindset but it is impossible to retain that thought and to integrate that thought into your life until the mindset changes they're not going to they're not going to coexist and so we don't just need a novel thought we don't just need a new thought we need a new mindset when the bible says let this mind be in you he's talking about the mindset notice he didn't say let this thought be in you He didn't just say, let this idea be in you. The thought and the idea become the seed that transform the entire mind or mindset. That's right, Brother Lee. It is possible to have a thought contrary to your mindset, but it is not possible to retain that thought and its implications while at the same time holding on to mindset contrary, absolutely not. And listen, it takes time to work through it. I didn't know it, friends. I did not know that all work was the work of God. I didn't know God was concerned about blue collar, white collar, and not just clergy collar. I did not know it took a while for me to get there. And one of the frustrations, one of the frustrations is that the time that it took to get there is time that it seems could have been better invested if I'd already been there. And I'm talking to some of you right now who still struggle now, let me explain how you may tell that you struggle. When you find yourself g- grappling with how you ought to conduct yourself or how you ought to handle people in one setting, but then in a, quote, church setting, you almost automatically know This is how you ought to handle people. This is the way you would make a decision. This is the way you would speak. This would be your tone. Let me me give just a further illustration. The majority of the people that are, quote, church people, Elder Long, I'm going to answer that. The majority of people who are church people, um, particularly if they're Pentecostal, holiness in background, you don't have to be, but if you are, you you'll be able to relate to what I'm saying. Catch us at Walmart. Catch us uh, at Macy's. Catch us at Dillard's. I, you you won't catch you won't catch me a lot of these places. Walmart yes, but some of these other places you'll catch my wife there, and you might catch me tagging around behind her in a given instant. But um, catch us uh, at the park. Catch us. Uh, at at the school, catch us uh, downtown in in the city uh, offices or the county offices, catch us and and let us have a conversation with you or let us make a presentation. And we will say, good morning. Uh, Acknowledge the mayor, the city administrator, the chief of police to the city council, to all elected officials, appointed officials, uh, superintendent of schools, everyone, we acknowledge you. I'm honored to have this opportunity to share. uh, These are some things that I've come before you on behalf of the Citizens United for Better Roads or whatever, you understand, you go for it. Now, catch that same person on Sunday morning, Sunday morning, giving honor to God, Praise God. And the pastor, praise God. All the deacons and mother saints, praise God. And I just want to say, praise God. We need better highways in this town, praise God. Because things are really bad, praise God. They'll blow your tires out, praise God. These potholes, break your shocks, praise God. And uh, I was driving just the other day, praise God. And I praise God because I almost went off the road, praise God. Now, let me ask you something. Where did you get that? Or glory to God. Uh, I I, uh, almost ran off the road. Glory to God. I said, Jesus, glory to God. And glory to God. Now, you're the same person. You're the same person who was at City Hall making the presentation. There were no glory to God's. There were no praise God's. You know why you do that? Because in your mind, you're in a different world. You're you're not in a different. Listen, where do we get this from? Where do we get this from? I'm so glad to be here on today. How's it on today? It's just today. I'm glad to be here today. Not I'm glad to be here on today. What's well, on today? But you see, our minds flip when we walk through those holy doors. <laughs> when we get up under that steeple and we get on those pews, things flip. Okay, my point simply is it's not just about the jargon because there is, yes, there there are there are various dialects. There are various dialects for various sectors of society. Yes, there are. There, there are levels that you use in your profession that you don't necessarily use around around the three-year-olds. There, there, there's a dialect that you still English, but there's a dialect that you use, there's a level of language that you use with the three-year-olds. That you don't necessarily use with 86-year-old grandma. Okay? And, and, And that's 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 true. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is the mentality flips. Mentality flips, and if we're not careful, we consider business over here and God over here. Real life over here, church life over there. And so we even go to ethics. That work in the business arena that we don't apply, uh, in the church. That's not fair. That's not fair. If you're honest at church, well, I ain't gonna lie in the church. Well, do you lie anywhere else? I won't cuss in the church. Don't cuss in this church. What about in the what about in the marketplace? What about when you close your office? Come in here, come in here. Click, let me tell you something. You, break blank. If you don't do that in the, quote, church house, why would you do it in the other house, courthouse? Uh, because we don't think God is there. <clears throat> we don't think God is there. We think God is only the same people, the same people who will shout and cry and all that kind of thing, cuss you out in another setting. I'm not talking about you now. I'm just talking about who I'm talking about. It's because of this dichotomy. It's, it's because of this um, dichotomy. Those may not be great examples, but hopefully they illustrate a little bit how, you know, there is a, there is a, um, there is a psychological condition called bipolar and I am not making light of bipolar diagnosis and situation, not at all, but I'm using the term to make a different point. A pole is an extreme. The North Pole is an extreme, South Pole, an extreme. So to be bipolar means, by bi means two extremes. And many of us live our, wor- live our lives rather with a bipolar mentality. We have one pole, that's the sanctified, holy, love God, honest, earnest, humble, meek side. And then we have another pole, which is to the extreme opposite. And the Bible says a house, and when you read the Bible about houses, often it's talking about lives. A house divided against itself can't stand. You're going to have to decide, and I'm going to have to decide, that I am an integrated human being. Everything that I am, I am that wherever I am. I may not fully express or divulge everything that I am everywhere because it's not appropriate everywhere. But the quality of who I am will shine through. The quality of my character will shine through. The quality of my values will shine through
1: wherever
0: I am, whenever I am, However, I am because I am an integrated human being. All aspects of who I am are integrated into who I am. And that's the greater meaning of the word integrity. The greater meaning of the word integrity is not just he's honest and she's respectful. It means that all aspects of everything that God has given me are integrated into one being who reflects the character of god integrity in that sense that's the greater integrity you see it very well uh i heard a voice i'm I'm glad i know that um we have other people on the line because i'm in this room by myself so when i when i heard this voice uh i have someone who's waiting to speak so go right ahead and have a word uh, give us your name and uh, give us your comment. And then I'm going to answer or respond to Elder Long's inquiry. Thank you.
1: Praise the Lord, Bishop Blue. This is uh, Deacon Swaggerty calling from Connecticut. Deacon, I see where well, you just had
0: a tremendous event before you talk about. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's what you're to talk about. But please give us a synopsis, uh, a, a sort of a summary of what took place in uh, and, and matter of fact just give us give us a little business update
1: you know I just want to step back and give God all the glory you know for what he's done um been working a whole year to
0: put an event together a trade show the name of that event is called metalcon what is a trade um, show for the benefit of those of us who don't necessarily know what a trade show is
1: what is that sir sure it's it's when a group of companies within a given industry, decide to gather in a venue for the benefit of each and every other customer where we invest resources into purchasing a booth so that a company such as the one that I work for can then spend those resources to promote it to a very large audience of customers and everybody that comes to the event and participates in the event benefits from the common interaction.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh those of you who are listening and participating invite somebody else to be a part of this conversation. This is tremendous. So so in a sense, not exactly, but in a sense it would it would be reminiscent of some things that we see in conferences and conventions, professional conferences, professional conventions in which as you're stating, the individuals who are movers and shakers in the industry bring uh their products, goods, services, and so forth, and have displays, booths and such, by means of which others who are movers and shakers in that same industry can partake in what it is that they're doing, perhaps become prospective uh, customers and clients and that kind of thing. Am I restating that accurately or not?
1: 100%, sir. And, you know, looking at what you do at the Florence Center, once these protocols get lifted and everyone feels comfortable, if you're packing the Florence center with thousands of people that come out and are predisposed to hearing the gospel message, if I sell Bibles, if I sell gospel bracelets, if I sell anything related to Christianity, if I sell anointing oil, I want to buy a table outside of the Florence center where people are walking in and out at your next conference because my customer came to your conference.
0: That's very powerful. And sometimes uh, brothers and sisters see vendors at conferences and so forth, such as the ones that we sponsor and uh, such as the ones that Bishop Jakes and uh, the various denomination sponsor and don't understand the business model behind that. So thank you for sharing that. Continue, uh, Continue, sir. Speak with us.
1: Well, listen, I just have been tremendously blessed by, you know, everything FKP, and I remember something Dr. Trim said. She said, and I say this respectfully and with all honor, she said, I somehow feel cheated that I didn't run into you earlier. And I wonder how much further along I would be if I got the benefit of an integrated message Um, and that... I didn't miss it because I was bright in Sunday school and I didn't become a bishop and I'm not keeping up with my peers and I'm wondering why I don't have a title after my name. I didn't miss it. That is, that that, can, that blesses a lot of people that think that, you know, because they're not carrying around a collar or because they're not leading a congregation, they didn't miss it. That whole concept of avodah, your worth being worshipped—you got to step back and just unpack that. That's a whole meal. So, I have just been tremendously blessed by the interaction here. I have been blessed by listening to others in every aspect of their professional endeavors, being successful, and in and certainly, you know, whatever I can do to certainly spread the word among my peers and everyone that I'm connected with, simply doing your job with excellence and giving God the glory is what it's all about. And I've am just, i I've just been blessed and I, I wanna step out of here and let, let other people contribute and just continue to to listen and learn.
0: Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much, uh, Deacons Waggerty. And um, he lifted up a term
1: that um,
0: we've shared, and, and that's his point, of course, that we've we've shared during this um, during the tenure of FKP, the term is Abodah. Dah as he pronounced it, A V O D A H, is the English spelling, or one English spelling. Now, now I don't I don't know Hebrew, so I can't tell you the Hebrew spelling. But it is a Hebrew term. It is a term in the Scripture. It's a term used in Scripture that is sometimes translated work and that can also be translated worship. When a man or a woman understands that the work or the assignment, let's say it this way, the work is also worship. The assignment is also adoration. It is astounding and it is validating and fulfilling because there are many people who are waiting on that big moment when God is going to summon them to, as he said, lead a congregation or have one of the liturgical titles, nothing wrong with those. I, I pray not. I mean, I've, I've carried several, but that's not the point. I did not know that those things don't define, they don't define me that I, I, I didn't know that that's not how you define people. Which takes me back to Elder Long's question. Elder it's a difficult it's a difficult question to answer. Um I do remember in uh 1989 or 90. I've always been fascinated. I think it was 89. I've always been fascinated with Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, where Jesus, the Bible says, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Uh, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you all the way, even to the end of the world. I've always uh, let me even contextualize it a little further. I've always been fascinated with the Ascension. and I think that goes back to number one, my love of God, but secondly, my love of superheroes and comics. And I've always believed that there should be supernatural powers that characterize the lives of people. And so I'm fascinated with the Bible because of its supernatural aspect, and i'm I'm fascinated with comics. Particularly, Marvel comics—they call—and—and—and and, and, and similar cartoons cause they—they represented the supernatural. And one of the greatest powers that I always appreciated about superheroes is those who had the ability to fly. To me, you weren't a true superhero, superhero if you couldn't fly. <laughs> So, so the ascension, I'm a little boy now, when I read about Jesus ascending, oh, he's always been my hero, but now you see Jesus is a superhero as well. Well, I I, I was fascinated by the ascension, but I understand, and I began to understand that it is just prior to the ascension that he's made these powerful statements. After he's been crucified, pierced in his hands, pierced in his feet, uh, uh, just, just brutalized He has risen from the dead. He's risen gloriously. He's risen and he is now about to uh, ascend, rise to to his place where he was before he came to the earth. And he's giving the most important words of his entire uh, career, his entire ministry. And Matthew 28, he says in the 18th verse, all power, there it is, is given unto me. Everything I went through, everything I suffered, I suffered as a man. I suffered as a man in the stead of man, that I might restore man, humanity, not just males, to God's original intention for man. I didn't understand all of that at the time, but that's what that's what he did. He he, he did not he did not gain he did not gain anything as God that he had not had before he came to the earth. What he gained in his coming to the earth, in his incarnation, he gained that for mankind. And he says, now all authority, all power is given unto me. And then what he does is that he allocates and delegates that authority now to humanity. It says, you go now and teach all nations. And I shared a lesson many years ago, years ago, uh, in the first place I shared it was at the church where Elder, Elder Lambert had just begun to pastor. Uh, it was called Overcoming Church of Jesus Christ. And the title of the lesson, we talked for about three days, days—a preached for about three days, two or three days, entitled The Takeover. And that was my first overt kingdom of God sermon attempt. And I'm telling you, that thing got a hold of me in that, uh, late 89, 88, 89, period. And I never lost it. Shortly thereafter, or eventually thereafter, around and about, maybe I'd heard of them before, I'm not sure, but I don't think I had. I began to hear some other, one particular teacher uh, 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 in in Georgia uh, at the time, Bishop Earl Polk. Now he, he died an ignominious kind of character, but teaching on the kingdom of God and demonstrating kingdom of God. He was one voice that I heard early on. And then there were a few others. Every now and then I'd hear somebody like that. He like him. I saw him on TV on my, my sister's satellite TV. You know, we didn't have satellite. We had three or four channels. That was about it according to what the weather was like. But, uh, I would see Brother Earl Park and he'd talk about the kingdom. Didn't fully understand it. Didn't fully understand it, but that was exposure. And then uh, uh, I, uh, and and most people around me did not have a kingdom of God conversation. Most of them did not. Um, And then I had the privilege of learning a little bit about Dr. Miles Monroe and his teaching on potential, just a little bit. But then I met him out at uh, Bishop Hilton's church, Word of Deliverance, and he was teaching kingdom of God. And when he did so, because every now and then I'd preach a sermon or teach a sermon because I felt that that, that there was more to God and more to the gospel and more to the truth than where some of us had been. And a way to integrate it all. And I heard him teach on the kingdom of God. And, and let me tell you what happens. Let me tell you what happens. When God has placed insight in your spirit, inspiration in your spirit, but you're not in a context where it flows, he will put you in an environment where someone will articulate what it is that you carry. And, 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 and you'll almost want to cry and laugh and get angry all at the same time, you know, because this is what your spirit is saying. That's it. That's, that's, that's what I've been trying to say. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the the, the, the the resources. I didn't have the knowledge of it, but that's it. I knew it. I knew that was something else. I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew I wasn't the only one. And that's a part of what took place through my encounters with Dr. Monroe. It gave me permission. It gave me validation to go back to the kingdom of God and press all the way in and going back and pressing all the way in took place in the turn of the 2000s. Um, We began to do what we referred to as kingdom of God seminar in the early 2000s. And, uh, the overarching theme of my preaching teaching became in the early 2000s kingdom of God. And, uh, By the time we got to uh, the establishing of CCFM, I was crossing over in my understanding of the body of Christ, of the church and the glorious church, and then right on over from that into a full-fledged press into the kingdom of God. Oh, Jesus. Man, we haven't gotten into this uh, lesson formally today, but in that that's 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 um first of all elder hopefully that answers your question um i appreciate i appreciate the question sir um so i really began to press into teaching kingdom of god um around the t- about the turn of the millennium and listen i don't care what i teach or preach if i can't see kingdom of god principle in it i wouldn't be preaching or teaching it Because when Jesus was ascending, when he was about to ascend, he made kingdom pronouncement. All authority, all power, that's kingdom, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's the kingdom of God. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's kingdom of God. You see it? And when you put all five of his iterations of the great commission, those statements he made just before he ascended, when you put all five of them together, man, you're talking about a kingdom insight. You're talking about something that will provoke you. Uh, It will. It most definitely will. And uh, um, I'd love to stay there. But please know that when Jesus rose from the dead, he rose to reinstate man, human beings, into his rightful place as king underneath the king of kings and Lord underneath the Lord of lords. That's why when Jesus ascended and sat down, the Bible says we were raised up and sat down together with him. My, 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 my. Excuse me, I've got to kind of decompress (laughs) because there's nothing more intriguing See, he said, teach all nations in the Matthew account. He says, all the world in the Mark account. He says, all nations in the Luke account. He says, as the father have sent me, so send I you. Well, the father so loved the world that he sent Jesus. And then in the Acts account, he says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. When you put all of that together, that's the kingdom of God. And he said, I want you to go. Listen to what he said. The title of my lesson back in 89, it was, uh, 89, I think it was, take over. That's what he was telling them to do. Go take over. And yet, see, if you don't have a kingdom of God glossary for that term, you think that we mean go and be militaristic. Go force people to do something. Go control. Not at all. And the devil knows that. Let me tell you how you take over. All right, let, let me show you how you take over. Galatians chapter five, verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit. But the fruit of the spirit. Is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Take over. See, the, the devil can't give people that. And yet the human heart longs for that. Human society longs for that. Culture longs for that. And because the devil is a liar, he offers people what he can't give them. He offers them love. That's why... Songs about love, movies about love, all of that about love. That, that's why you can sell and make millions, and even billions off it. But you can't necessarily produce it. He promises to satisfy the human heart. Yet yeah, he can. not He's a liar. You take the fruit of the spirit because you have the spirit of the fruit living in you. You present this to them, you take over. It won't be drama it'll be real life all right uh first corinthians chapter 12 verse eight i'm talking about how to take over for to, to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of healings By the same spirit, to another, the work of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. This the manifestation of the spirit. Verse seven says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit, profit, benefit, advance, increase, be productive. That's how you take over. Follow me? The book of John, gospel of John, talking about how you take over. In fact, let's look at Matthew first. Matthew chapter five. We'll go to John next. Matthew chapter five and verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. When you begin to work the works of God, the supernatural works of God in the fruit of the spirit, the supernatural works of God in the gifts of the spirit, you will take over. The gospel of John chapter 13 and verse 35. Don't you forget this one. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If ye have love one to another. That's how you take over. In the book of Song of Solomon, I refer to this many times, but I don't always read it. I bless him. Song of Solomon 2 and 4. Why do you why do you mention love as the takeover? Song of Solomon 2 and 4. He brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. How many remember that when an invading force would go into a territory and take it over, they would take their flag, their banner, and plant it on that territory, saying now this territory belongs to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, or this territory belongs to King whomever. You understand? Well, the Bible says that God conquered us and he planted his flag on our soil, the soil of our lives. And what was his flag? Not brutality, not oppression, not enslavement, not abuse. His banner over me was love. That is, he conquered me with love. He took me over by love. He changed my life. He changed the trajectory of my career. He changed my perspective of who I am. He changed my perception of who others are by means of his love. That's how we take over. We take over by bringing the irresistible love of God in all its implications and manifestations and operations to bear upon a loveless world. And we take over because the world cannot offer, the world cannot produce the love of God. That's how we take over. That's what the king, his kingdom is the kingdom of love. True love. I'm not merely talking about actions uh, of the flesh. That doctor who is a loving doctor, that teacher who's a loving teacher, that attorney who's a loving attorney, that city official, that law enforcement officer who is a, when I say love, I mean loving the love of God, not merely emotion but I'm talking about the fullness of what God's love means. You are indispensable and irresistible. Nobody can be you and nobody can replace you. The greatest commandments, according to Jesus, are love God and love people. All of the teaching that the world gives about ethics, civility, all the things that are being taught in the world about customer service and all those kinds of, listen to me, listen to me now, all those things, high level quality service and all that kind of thing, all those things are compiled and consummated in the one command that Jesus gave as the greatest commandment or the twofold greatest command, love God, love people. That's it. You can get an MBA in customer service. Great. But when it boils down, it's going to be love God, love people. Well, why not just love people? Because if you love people, but you don't have a source, you love people, but you don't have a foundation, a basis from which that derives, people can make you change. Oh, yes, because all people whom you seek to love are not lovable. But when your source comes from a deeper place, when your source is deeper than people's response to your goodwill and all of that kind of thing. When you have a foundation that is the love of God in you, the love of God for you, it enables you to love the unlovely. And if you go into your profession determined to love God and love people through those trade shows that you produce, through those events that you plan, through the quality of hotel that you manage through the kind of care that you give to the patients you serve through the excellence that you demand of your students in the classroom. Listen to me. Demanding excellence of your students may mean that you'll need to be strict, may m- mean that you'll need to be tough, but you'll never be mean. You'll never be insensitive. They may not understand it now, but they'll thank you later. I've heard Elder Watts talk about the fact that her son, I had her her daughter who was older than her son in my English class. And when her son found out that he had me as his English teacher, oh Lord, he squealed and stretched and scratched and said, you got to get me out of that. And his older sister told his mother, don't let him out because although he may think it's difficult now, he'll be grateful. He'll be prepared for college. My point simply is when I say love, I'm not talking about love, love touchy-feely, fluffy. No, love can be as hard as steel. Love can be as tough as nails when it needs to be. And it has to be. But it means that your care is for who that person is and what that person is becoming. See, love is giving oneself for the benefit of another. And to give myself for you, I may have to tell you some things you don't want to hear. To give myself for you, the the lifeguard who's saving somebody who's drowning may have to knock him out to save him. Is that love? You hit me. I had to do it. I want to save you. So when I say love, now I'm not talking about this mushy sentimentalism. Although love can bring sentiment. You see it? Wow. Man, we've we've had a conversation. <laughs> Listen to me. When you go forth with the love of God in your profession, you will take over. Now, now. Let me go a step further. You love God, that means you're going to be proficient. If you love God, that means you're going to know your craft. You're going to know your um, profession. You, you're going to be excellent. Don't tell me you love God and you don't know how to do your job. Don't tell me you love God and you're always looking for somebody to bail you out. You're the one always complaining You're the one who's always slovenly dressed. You're the one who's always late. First one to leave, but the last one to get there. You don't love God. I don't mean you don't love him at all. I mean, you don't love him in a mature way. You don't love him the way you ought to love him because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so loving God becomes my basis. It becomes my foundation, becomes my anchor in the time of storm. And it's the source out of which I can love people. I love him because he first loved me. Absolutely so, but you know what? I love them because he first loved me. Jesus said, if I've forgiven you, you can forgive others, right? So what he's saying is you can love them because I first loved you. You're you're a kingdom professional a kingdom professional is a true professional i'm going to say it again a kingdom professional is not just something to put on your bumper on your automobile i'm a kingdom professional got a bumper talking about you a christian and your neck is all the way out the, the 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 window you crazy you And say, okay, but you got your little bumper sticker, though. You're about to cuss the people out, but you got your little bumper sticker. I'm not talking about bumper stickers, I'm not talking about slogans and t shirts. A kingdom professional is a true professional. And so for those who don't understand the term kingdom, you don't have to use it. Listen to me again. In those contexts where the word kingdom would not be understood, you don't have to use it. Be it. Be it. Remember John. We're closing. Remember John. In the first chapter of the gospel of John, John the Baptist, the people came to him and asked him, who are you? And the reason why they're asking him who he is is because of what he does. Remember when he, they ask him, are you the Christ? Are you Elijah? Are you that prophet? He said, no, no, no. His, their response was, why are you baptizing? In other words, why do you do what you do? What's your reason? What's your core? I tell you that when you do what you do with excellence, it will become impressive. It will become known in many instances. God knows it if others don't, but the Bible says that men may see your good works. So as a professional, ultimately others will know. That's the principle. And when people are impacted by what you do, they become intrigued to know who you are because they understand that what you do flows and proceeds out of who you are. What you do consistently, proceeds out of who you are. And it's when they inquire or when the opportunity presents itself for you to present who you are, that's when you use the term kingdom. When you're just doing what you do, show them the kingdom. Overwhelm them with the fruit of the Spirit. Overwhelm them with the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, you seem to be so intuitive. You always seem to know what to say. You always seem to have apprecience about everything that's going to happen. You always have a plan. You're always proactive. They don't know that's the gift. (laughs) They don't know that that's the prophetic work in your life. They don't know that's the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom working in your life. Don't worry about it. You don't have to tell them that. Tell them thank you. But then when they inquire as to who you are, you can let them know I'm the voice of one. I represent somebody. I have a source. You really wanna know, I have a source. And because he is my source, my work is my worship. And my assignment is my adoration. All right then, thank you for your time. I would love to go further. You all have got me stirred here. I appreciate you for interacting. Um, I'm not telling you to be ashamed of the gospel. That's not what I'm telling you at all. I'm simply saying that in the professional context, okay, in the professional context, unless your office or your business is one where they honor God overtly, then you may not have permission to use the terminology. What I'm saying is you don't have to use the terminology to model the ideology and to work in the technology of the kingdom of God. And when they see what you do, somebody, I don't care if it's nobody, but Nick at night, remember Jesus? Listen, let's close with that. John chapter three and verse one. There was a man of the Pharisees, a ruler of the Jews named Nicodemus. The same came to Jesus by night. Listen, listen, listen. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. That is, we know who you are. For no man can do these miracles which thou doest except God be with him, what you do. We know, we know the height of who you are because nobody could model the quality of what you do if he were not connected to God. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear? Nick at night, Nicodemus coming to Jesus by night. That's the original Nick at night. He came to him. And said, We know who you are, even though we don't know who you are, but we know you must be somebody extremely special because what you're doing is extremely special. I'm going to tell you it's going to happen in your hospital, it's going to happen in your classroom, it's going to happen in your boardroom, it's going to happen wherever you are, marketplace, it's going to happen, workspace, it's going to happen it's going to happen some naked night is going to seek you out and say because of the high quality of what you do i already know that you're somebody and notice what nicodemus said nicodemus said we know you're a teacher in other words i've been talking to people the, the, the word is out on you i'm going to slam i'm going to slam this laptop lid shut the word is out on you. The word is out on you. Some of you who, who don't get a lot of commendations and accolades uh, and the enemy is trying to mess your mind, telling you to quit. Don't you dare quit because the word is out on you. Nicodemus said, we know. We know who you are. We don't know who you are, but we know who you are. We know you're somebody different. We know you're somebody unique. How do you know that, Nicodemus? Because I've been watching you work. We've been observing. We've been observing the quality of your outcomes. Your performance is stellar. And we know you couldn't be doing that if you weren't somebody special. The word is out on you. You can put that in the comments. The word is out on you. And God Himself is your publicist. God Himself is your name dropper (laughs) you didn't hear what i said oh my goodness our time has come and gone i want to thank you for sharing some of yours with me i want you to go forth today and lead this is michael blue encouraging you to do that make the name of jesus christ glorious make the career of satan ever more brief, and ever more miserable. Together, let us bring pleasure to Christ's heart. Don't start, Dr. Huger, don't start, Deacon Swagger. God is your publicist. What makes you think God is your publicist? Didn't he say that when men light a candle, they don't put it under a bushel, they put it on a candlestick, a lampstand? Well, God is the one who lit you, and God says, if I light you, I'm going to position you to shine. In other words, if I let you, I'm going to lift you. And I'm going to put you in a place where it's undeniable that there's something different going on. If he lit you, he will lift you. He is your publicist. He will ensure that whoever it is who needs to know who you are, Will have an opportunity. All right. Until we meet again, may the peace of the eternal God go with you. Thank you for listening to the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals, FKP, the podcast. If you'd like more engagement, click the link in the show notes to join like minded professionals in the FKP Facebook group. Follow us at Bishop MA Blue all platforms. Also join the FKP Weekly Conversation live every Monday at 1130 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Finally, be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. May God bless you until we meet again.